theyeshiva.net. Just as it was with the test of Avram. When he withstood, when he stood up to the test. As he stood up to the Nisayan, he reached, he arrived, he touched the revelation of the Ur of Ein Saif, which is which is infinite, which is beyond the limits of nature. Relative, commensurate to every person and every situation, there's a similar quality. Every single time a person stands up, a person faces down, a person does not get, does not surrender, does not get lost in every single Nisayan, every single trial or challenge where a person stands up against what seem like the powerful garments of nature and how the world runs. When he stands up to the various concealments and blockages, disturbances that want to uh, overwhelm him, which essentially stop him or prevent him or block him from Torah and avoid all aspects of of avoid of growth of avoid Hashem. There's a similar process that happens. Vuhu, when he Oymid stands up naked against Kol everything that prevents. Internally or externally, not to become separated, not to become fragmented, not to lose it, not to become detached from truth, from melakus, from godliness. It remains completely connected. Again, every person according to his capacity, to his nature, to the, according to his identity and his matzav. But he remains completely connected to Torah and Avedim. He reaches through this, only through this, the Gili of Eirelian, the revelation, the experience of the ultimate true divine light of Hashem Havaya, which is beyond Teva. Not only the Marshal, but also the Nimshal. And this we say, this was one of the purposes of the Neshama coming down here to the world. The Neshama came into a physical body. And it descended into a material world. Which is excessively defined, limited by the Hanhaga by a behavior that we call Teva, nature. That's how the whole world runs. That's the reality that the Neshama 
observes both in the body, in the internal world, and in the whole world. And often it appears and it seems to the person based on the external behavior of the world that the only way to survive is if he lives in this and this way. That's the only way to deal and to be successful in this type of environment. Kamoi, for example... Be'esek maso mat comes to business. Maso mat means business. Shenid be'benavshay person starts believing, starts thinking genuinely. Shetzarich lahashkim ulaharif boy. That the first thing you wake up in the morning, you have to be immersed in the business. Last thing you do at night, you have to wake up with it and go to sleep with it. Be'lias kol hayoyim ba'esek. There's a big world out there, full of sharks. The only way you'll be successful is if the whole day you'll be completely immersed by the stress of the business. From your whole day schedule, you're going to take one hour for yourself, meaning for your inner self, or to learn. You're going to lose the game. You're going to lose the race. It's a rat race. You have to adjust. You can't decide that you live in heaven. And you live in a tranquil world and a serene world. Maybe you'll have that. This is a real world. There's, there's, there's rules of the game. And if you're not in this game, if you're not in the race, you come last, you lose. That's what a, not, that the natural instinct that a person has. And he says, Another thing he thinks, You always have to be sly. Tachbulah shyness means you have to do a lot of different types of tricks. You have to always scheme, be outsmart. Tachbulah shyness, all these types of tricks and schemes. When it comes to business, it's very powerful. You lose your integrity. You can't be a truthful person. Because if you're a truthful person, again, you're going to lose the game. This is a game where the sly one wins, the shrewder ones, the one who knows how to, you know, the, what we call the drei, the machna drei. So if I if I remain if I remain true to who I am, true to my soul, true to my God, you lose the game. If you follow emes, you're not going to gain anything. You're going to remain the same. You're going to remain the same. Based on the worse, you won't be my viach. You're going to lose everything. Why? Because this is how things work. There's a world out there that is fixed. And this is how it happens. And this is how things run. And therefore, if you don't play this game, you're going to lose. You certainly won't gain. This is the perspective that is very intrinsic. It seems so real. It seems so natural to any person who's in this world and wants to, wants to make it. This is nidmet, seems this way, but it's not the emes, it's not the truth. It's a cover-up for truth. Tzimtzum is not kipshutai, this is God's world. It's not how the world runs. The etzim hanhaga of the world, it's not intrinsic to the world. Does not oppose a person who's completely immersed in emes and teyre and avoida, 
following the ways of truth. As we explain, there's no real Hester. There is what looks like a Hester. The whole idea that we have been discussing about the teacher and the student, that even when the idea is completely obscured, from the teacher's perspective, it's not obscured. Even when he's only giving him a little trickle of information, everything is there. And even when he encloses it in a marshal, which is a foreign substance, and you don't see anything. And may, many, may, many people may misconstrue and not even reach from the, may, not even, may, they may even forfeit the, the mission. But from the teacher's perspective, there's no hester, and therefore from the student's perspective, there also really is no concealment. So is it challenging to have to deal with 11, not to become like 11? Right. <laughs> yeah. On one level, yeah. See, so it doesn't just mean in the pre Simpson world, when he says, Etzam Right. In the post Simpson world, yeah. when you look to... Etzam an means the real world. The real, real world. That's what it's, it's all, it's all, it's all concealments, MS. It's all nisyonis, it's all challenges that make the statement that this world, that life, is divorced from its source. That a person, a body, a goof, a neshama, a mind, a person, is divorced from the source. And therefore the person falls into that, to that orbit, to that trap. But he says, all the halbashas, all the halemis, enam alimim mastidim ba'emes. Of course they're malimim mastidim, but they're not malimim mastidim ba'emes. <laughs> There is a helmet has to. If there wouldn't be concealment, then nobody would think of this. The fact that we think this way is because there is a helmet, of course. It says, There is a concealment. There is a big concealment. There's a reason to think that if you lie and you cheat and you scheme and you lose your integrity, you'll be more successful. There's a reason. So a person once told me, I said, he came to ask me something about what something he did. So I said, why did you have to do this? He said, listen. I'm surrounded by sharks. He said, if I'm not a shark, I get eaten. That's it. Very simple. I'm surrounded by sharks. When you're surrounded by sharks, you got to be a shark yourself. Those were his words. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think I told you the word, yeah. Ayyid once told me. I'm <laughs> fits, right? The I asked him, what's his philosophy in business? So he says his philosophy is a pasuk that he learned in Parshas Mishpatim. V'im shlosh ele lo yasala, v'yotza chinam ein kasef. Literally it means, if the master doesn't do these three things for his maidservant, she goes out free without money. She just lets him go. She's a free free bird. Shlosh in Yiddish is dirai. Okay. So for those of us who speak Irusish, Litvish, Yiddish, so we say Drei. Drei means to twist things, to spin things. But those who speak a good... <laughs> so we have a difference between Drei and Drei. Drei is a number, and Drei is a Drei. But in other forms of Yiddish, it's both Drei. So he said, V'im shlosh eila layasala. If you don't do a dry, you go out without any money. <laughs> if you don't dry, you go out broke. So the Halem is best there are, there are concealments. But he says, 
It's a superficial perspective. Meaning, it's not what's really going on. Kiyin, tachlus, hakavonna, there's an objective here. Just like the objective with the student is. That over the years he should unravel the full depth of the truth and from the marshal come to the nimshal and through that he reaches the ultimate core. So here too, the tachlus hakavonna is sheyamay neget kol Not to surrender to any one of these challenges and tests, but to stand up to all of the concealments that seem so powerful, the person should be able to daven, kidiboy is an expression, kidiboy means, kidiboy as it should be, and to immerse himself in Torah every day, according to the kvias, according to the appointments, to the time set, a time, set aside times that the person makes for himself. And he should remain completely remote from any utterance of a lie. Though you live in a world of lies and white lies, this person should never lie. person should also be very cautious from living a life of schemes and tricks. The way to live is with time. Time is sincerity. Time come the word tmimus, tamimtia, wholesomeness. With wholesomeness. When you're draying, you're never wholesome. You're a fragmented person. This one I say this, and this one I say this, and this one I mean this, and this one I mean this. But time means there's a sincerity, there's a wholesomeness. I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't mean this, I don't dray here, I don't dray there. It's a time, it's a sincerity. Ubemis, it's a truthfulness. There shouldn't be any glimmer. Any ray, any expression of Isra of pro- prohibited Maisalach in his in his business. Chuli, etc., etc. Which could often be a Nisayan. The person has a Nisayan because the offers that are existing, the temptations that are existing. We have some seasoned businessmen here sitting in this room. There are often some seasoned, seasoned temptations and various opportunities that would seem to be no-brainers, and therefore it can often be an Isayan. You look at other people, you look at your neighbors, you look at Chaveidim, yes, somebody once got up and he told his crowd, he said, Kinderlach, as if it nish gamvinim, it nish Children, if you're not going to steal, you're not going to have. This is, it's very simple. So there's a lot, huh? What does Rashi say? Oh, in Russia, yeah. And the black market, yeah. Well, this was in Russia. This is 1897 in Russia, yeah. Yeah, well, this was before. This was the before the Bolshevik Revolution. The Bolshevik Revolution was 1917. This moment was said 1897. But the Tsarist regime, uh, I think it's the other way. I think it's the other way. I think people come to respect you much more. I think you're actually more successful. But in the meantime, did you ever see someone that had been upschlagged 
and upshot by the reality of Shekhar. And yeah, 20 years from now, the Hemis comes out. But the guy's a Korban. So you tell him, is this like a sop, a service? Is it it's like a little bit of a comfort for the guy while he's in the trenches? I, I don't get it. I'm not a businessman, so it's very hard for me to answer the question. Uh, I'll give you an example. Someone goes to a bank that's been for years. Yes, I understand. Yeah. He stole his apartments, and he ends up in a chapter 11, and he's a debtor. Yeah. People go to jail. It's, it's the worst kind of being So you have to tell that guy, stick to your MS, and he does. So that's his right. So he's actually a success. It's not like he... Yeah. I guess sometimes the Nisayan stretches for longer. But it's a Nisayan. But Rabbi, the, the, the real corruption within the Rabbanis, you have like a basin that's corrupt. That's even worse. We're not talking about business people. We're talking about people that are really, you know, you're supposed to respect and come to the table with business, and they, they're, they're Shekhar. That's the bigger problem. In business, we understand you have to have a couple different shapes. Sometimes religion is also a business. I hear... Five hundred one C three. It's called five hundred one C three. Non for profit. So, Rabbi, what about the section of the Torah? You have the Yaakov and his father, and then we have Moshe keeps telling Pharaoh just for three days, just for three days. But that's Al Pitoira. That could be explained. Well, you're right. You have to be careful. There's times Torah, for example, says Mutalushanos Mepnei Hashalim. Shalom, so for Shalom Bay is different things, but that's that's how Peter. It's not because the person is uh, is is a dishonest person, and you see it immediately. It's hard for them, but this is the appropriate thing. The same Torah who says Medvar Shekaterchak says in this situation Mutalushana is you're allowed to deviate, and it's very limited situations, prescribed situations for a particular purpose. Then that's part of Torah's Emes. Then that's part of the truth of Torah. It's not a deviation of truth. Like it says the difference of Moshe and Aaron, how Aaron used to behave and so forth. When a person withstands the Nisayan and all of these types of things, what happens is he breaks through the shell. He breaks through the husk of Teva. He breaks through the concealment. Because the whole Nisayan was really only coming from the concealment that it looks like Elikim conceals Havaya, but really it's not. Really, it's just an opportunity to experience Hashem in a particular way. Through this medium, through this instrument. It's not really a Helem. The whole Helem is just there to be able to channel it through a certain way so when a person can break through that husk, it allows him to experience a certain relationship with godliness that he could never experience without it. He reaches the Ur Elyon, Shalomaila Mehatev. Even on a simple level, what he said now is a little more abstract. He said, Alpipashat, even Alpipashat, who's Atzman. This fact itself, just itself. Shadoya Bain of you see with your own eyes, Shagam Shamis Nai Galpiatoidova Mitzvah. 
that even when you behave according to Torah, mitzvah v'oisik, but Torah v'avayda, and you're immersed in Torah, and avayda Hashem, she'ein zal pichitzayni yisam ha'gasaylam, even though so many others, it seems like it's not consistent with the external behavior of how the world should be. One season, the long run, they don't lose anything. God forbid, not only that, not only that, a person starts feeling in himself a higher relationship, a higher air. There's a certain urge, a certain light that comes into a person's soul. His entire hashpa, the flow of energy, and the chiyus that he receives, a person starts experiencing an a divine light that is beyond the restricted light and the behavior of the world. There's a, there's, there's a certain consciousness that a person has a power to live with as a result of withstanding these nisyanas. And it's always commensurate with your avoid and with your toil, but commensurate with that. He ascends deeper and deeper, one step after another step, higher and higher again, like going back, tracing back the marshal all the way back to the nimshal. He reaches deeper and deeper because the nisyanas also often come in different layers and different facets and different fashions, like layers of an onion. So you peel one, but then there's another one to peel. Like we spoke with Shleim HaMelech, the 3,000 Mashalim. Each Mashal garbed another idea, and the Mashal was a garb for another Mashal, until you could come back to the original to the original Nimshal. And this is the concept, the, the function of Nisyonis Mashakasav. This is what the Pasuk says, Ki menasa Hashem alakeichem eschem ladas. Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, Hashem sometimes is menasa. So the word Manasseh comes from the word Nisayan, test. But Manasseh also comes from another word. Manasseh means to lift up. There's an expression in Yeshaya, Arim Nisi Alaharim. I will lift up my banner on top of the mountains. In, in, in Lashon Kodesh, Manasseh means to lift up something elevated. Ki Manasseh Hashem Alekeichem Eschem Ladas. Right, you should take the the, the, the copper, the Vesamta Yisrael Nes. Aselech Asara, Vesim Yisrael Nes. Shem tells Moshim Parshus Chukas, right, to make a serpent and to place it on a Nes. On Nes means on a pole, on top of a pole. What's the connection between Nes and Nes and Nes? Three different words. Nes is a miracle. Nes is a pole, on top of a pole, it should be very high. And Nes is a test. How did Lashon Kaitish put these three words into one? Seems completely different. Nisayin is the opposite of a miracle. Nisayin means that it's a test, it's not a miracle. If it was a miracle, it wouldn't be a Nisayin. And then you say Nisim are miracles. And then you say Nes is an elevated pole. The Emes says it's all one Akuda. Every Nisayin contains within itself the opportunity, the calling, the potential for a whole new type of elevation, for a whole new type of his alus, for a menasa shamalakechim, nisa savram. Here again, there's nisa as tested, and that itself is an opportunity for a whole new type of transformation that could never come about without it. The tachlis hakavana, that the objective is b'chdei lavoi l'bchines gilu yedin sarf shalamaylam ehatev. 
to be able to reach the Erin Sof beyond, completely beyond what has been channeled through your Teva, through your comfort zone, through what you're used to. Just like by the test of Avram, the same is true with every single Nisoyen as we explain. What comes out from all of this, it's the summation, what emerges from the entire discussion, from everything that has been explained and explored above, who is the following? that this constitutes the entire avoid of a person to reveal the unity, to unify what we call the name of Havaya and Elikim. What's Pshat Liyached Havaya Elikim? It's not just words and names to unify names. It means Vuhu. What does this mean? Very often, people who grew up in certain circles hear a lot the word Yechudim. I don't know how many of you grew up in those places, but some of you, you hear the word Yechudim, unifications. So it sounds like to most, it's for mystical Kabbalists who know how to unify names. And it's like some form of uh, spiritual, mystical, uh, it seems like magical stuff. But uh, this is the opposite of everything that's being explained here. So he says, L'yachet Havayevelekim doesn't mean it's unifying names. It's rather, it's a, the entire journey of life. It's, as he puts it, Kol It essentially constitutes the entire work of the human being. Vuhu, L'yachet is not a piece, a piece of paper. You put together two names. It means that a person should know truthfully, should know, means to really know, that Elikim and everything that's represented when we say the name Elikim, which represents, as we explained, the entire, the entire concept, the entire reality of Tzimtzum, of concealment, of restrictions, of blockages. It's all represented when we say the word Elikim. Ain't a master be'emes al Shem Even though the purpose of Elikim is to serve as a concealment, but ain't master be'emes al Shem In the ultimate truth, it doesn't conceal and eclipse Havaya, Yudke Vavke, and everything that that represents. The shame elikim who atzmus eirin sof kibar shame havaya. Shame elikim is atzmus eirin sof. It's the essence of eirin sof, just like shame havaya. Just like we said, shame havaya is atzmus eirin sof. It's not eirin sof, the oir of the ein sof, the way it was obscured, restricted, channeled, enclosed, and manifested in veils and partitions and metaphors and many, many layers of concealment that uh, bring down the energy and allow it to assume a more brute incarnation and a more brute and coarse manifestation. That's not Shema Vaya. 
Shema Vaya, we said, is the Eirin Saif. It's undefined, it's indivisible, it's infinite. Elikim are the vessels, are the containers that contain and limit and obscure and channel in the great marshal that we spoke about, the teacher and the student. But the truth is, after everything we explained, that the whole avoid of a person is to reveal the yichud of Havaya Elikim. What's that, the yichud of Havaya Elikim? That Havaya hu Elikim, that Havaya and Elikim are really one. Well, since they're really one, they're not one. That's the Chiddush, that a Likim is not master really on Shem Havaya, because a Likim is the same Atzmus Eirin Sof, like Shem Havaya. And the core, the Etzem, doesn't eclipse the core. So a Likim can't really be master on Shem Havaya, like the marshal he gave from the Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, the Bat Hilchis Kisir that when you cover your head with your hand, it's not called a covering in Halacha, because ain't Etzem. Master Aletzim, because the hand and the skull, the hand and the head are really one goof, so therefore, when I go like this on my head, it's not called, uh, it's not called a covering, because it's one etzim, it's one essential organism. The goof. Ain etzim, master aletzim. So therefore, Eleikim is the same etzim like Havaya. Just like we spoke in the Mosh, that for the teacher, all the metaphors don't eclipse the idea why because the metaphors all come from him, and he sees within them the manifestation of the idea. He doesn't see them as something separate. It's just for the student, initially, there is a concealment because he wants to give. He doesn't want to hold back. He wants to give, but he has to give in a way that's limited to the capacity of the student. But because for him it's not a real concealment, so ultimately for the student it's also not a real concealment. Because within those short, brief, concise ideas and metaphors you have compressed and contained the whole depth. So for the teacher, it's l'chatchila, not a concealment. And for the student, it's only initially a concealment. But it's only the way to actually access the full, intense revelation. This is all the nimshul. This was all a marshal for the nimshul of Yichud Havayev Elikim. That etzem enoi master al-etzem. V'chol ha-yishavus all of existence comes as essentially an expression of Havaya, the Havayu Havaya, which essentially is the name Yudke Vovke, which is connected to the word Hoya, Hoyvaya, is, isness, Hoya, isness, existence, the Hishavos, the being, being of all the Nivrayim emerges, it's an expression, it's a manifestation of Havaya. And then you have all the garments and all the concealments that are represented by what we call Shema Lekim. So initially you may think that Avaya and Elikim are two names. That's why they're called two names. You would think it's separate things. Chas Shalom. On this we say that no. That Kala Levushim Ma'aleim is the Shema Lekim Ma'alimim They do not conceal and they do not block with truth. Truthfully they don't conceal. Meaning it appears as a concealment in order to achieve its functionality. But in the true MS, it's not a concealment. Not only that, it's the contrary. The function of a Likim is to transport, to bring the energy into a lower realm, as we explained at length, like the teacher who wants to give. He doesn't want to hold back. But in order to give, you have to hold back, because if you don't hold back, you'll, oh, you'll flood you'll flood the students' brains. So really you want to give, you don't want to hold back. So here too, 
the, in order to bring the air to a lower place, it has to go through a lakim. So really the function of a lakim is not a contradiction to Avaya. It's all Avaya. It's all to create Gili Lumakam Namachyos. That even in finite creatures that are defined by finiteness and by identity and by their own limited parameters, they should be able to experience the Ur Havaya, the divine energy, Lahavaisam to bring them into existence, and to give them life, to give them vitality, to vivify them, to give them vibrance. And wherever he is, wherever the nivra is, wherever the finite existence is, there is communicated to him a shefa flow of light and of vitality of life from Shem Avaya. And therefore, all of Elikim essentially is not a Helen. It's a Gilu, it's a way of processing, of transporting, of allowing the infinite energy to be able to vivify. Vivify means to give Chios, to give Kiyom, to give His Havos, both existence and life. Both existence and continuous existence and also life. Life is design, content, functionality, purpose. All from... Havaya, in order to be able to be absorbed in every single nivra. So in that sense, Elikim is not at all different. Blocking Havaya, it's actually revealing Shem Havaya in the, according to the capacity of the nivra. That's step one. And then there's step two, the deeper step that we have explored, that ultimately it even allows the nivra to come back, so to speak, to gain, to discover the bleakvul, the shem havaya, the way it is in its pristine essence, just like the student within the words that have been given to him by a student, even though they're characterized by brevity, conciseness, concealment, and limitation, conceal and contain within themselves the full depth so that he could unravel in a process of Archeiser the original light, the original energy, the original infinity. This the person always has to remain dovok, always has to be focused, always has to remain connected to the light, to the energy, and not get stuck and trapped in the garments and the concealments. Be able to relate and be able to to perceive the divine light that is being communicated through the garments and through the concealments. As we will still explain more of this further. That's the summation of the whole beer till now. This was till the shtickle about Nisayanus. And then it says, and when this inyan, which inyan, hainu hadveikas vayichod, when the dveikas, the closeness, the intimacy, and the oneness, with, between Yehalakim and Avayim, baloy al-yidei comes, this is really the whole avayda of all of life, from the person, the moment the person comes into the world, throughout their journey of life, the whole avayda sa'adam is, to be megala, to reveal that havaya hu alikim. Like we say in Aleinu every day, three times a day, Hashem 
Who elikin? That's not a pasha to think. Moshe has to say v'yadaita v'ashem v'yisalavavecha, and not just b'shamayim even aritz mitachas ki Hashem elikin. That's why the end of Yom Kippur, when a new year begins, a new seder of avodah begins, the Jews finish off neila with seven times Hashem who elikin. That's essentially all of avodah sat. To be Megala, the Yichud of Havaya and Elikim. It expresses itself in every facet of life. It expresses itself in business, expresses itself in health, expresses itself in how you treat your body, how you treat your soul. It's the essence of Yiddishkeit. It's the essence of science. It's the essence of physics. It's the essence of relationships. It's the essence of how you educate, how you inspire. It's how a person lives in the world. Yichud Havaya and But then there is sometimes an Isayim. He says, when this Indian, when this opportunity, with this theme, what, what, which theme? The Dveikas and the Yichot. With the Eir, within the Levushim. In other words, the connecting of Elikim and Avaya Balei Adei Nisayin emerges through a Nisayin, as we said, through a unique test, which increases the challenge, which increases the concealment, which increases the garments, which creates apparently a larger husk, because every Nisayin is a deeper and denser levush that seems to, it doesn't seem, it distracts, it naturally distracts and alienates a person from This is an opportunity to reach an even deeper even a much deeper, deeper light the manifestation of the Eid itself, which is beyond Elikim Begamatria Teva, the Eid itself of Havaya, beyond Levushim, by withstanding, by facing down the Nisoy. So this paragraph essentially summarized all of the Shiurim, all of the explanations, everything that we learned till now in this mind. Not always what am I going to get? doesn't ever have this like You said it this well, this morning already, no? Uh, if every person asks Altavienu Ladeni Sayyid, a person is not supposed to ask for the Sayyidness. We say every day, The Pshat is light, life is fraught with Nisyonis. An Hashem in this world is fraught with Nisyonis. Is it a mitzvah to go into an Nisyon? No. But the Rebbeinu Shalom brings Nisyonis. You want to go around the room and ask people? You're looking at me as something to you. There's different levels. Fine, fine. Baruch Hashem that today we live in a generation that the Nisyonis that our Zaydas and Babas went through, we don't have to go through those Nisyonis. There's different types. How do we get to them? Nishkadaigit. Get, get what you can have? Every Doid has its Shlichas. Every generation has its Exactly. There's a Lashon of the Chavis Yoyer that we are like midges standing on the shoulders of giants. Jewish history is not detached. It's not that this is a new generation after the Holocaust. We were hatched from an egg. Jewish history is one continuum. We stand on their shoulders. Every Jew who ever lived, we stand on his shoulders or on her shoulders. So we're in a high the Tredin was dein Baba, dein Baba, 
You think it went to waste? Fine, fine. Every every diet has its its shlichus, its nesernus. It's not a competition game. This was written in Tafresh on Zion. There were great, great nesernus there. Great nesernus. In Moscow, the Rebbe Rashab said it in Moscow. So 1897, under the czar, bitter, miserable czarist regime, between the Xeris Ayumas, that we don't even have a we don't even have a hasage. and this is 50 years before the Second World. This is 20 years before the First World War, which was in itself a uh, mind-boggling catastrophe. If not for the Second World War, the First World War would have been one of the greatest tishabovs of human history. The Holocaust was so. Uh, monumental and awesome that it eclipsed everything else. You know, tach and tat, like habe, tach v'tat, what happened? Exodus Ayumas, I mean. And forget tach v'tat, a regular day in Russia and Eastern Europe was, uh, was uh, people don't realize. It's a whole new generation. And it's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. But prosperity and freedom has its challenges also. Different types, different categories. It's not about comparison. In many ways, it's so much easier out of here. Most people in this generation, at least in our countries, don't know what it means to die from starvation. The poorest people don't know what it means to go three, four days constantly without food. Nobody knows what that means. (laughs) Jews have not been through enough. What You don't think Jews have been through enough? Live a whole life that you can't... Ilmali Nagdua, Ilmali Nagdua, Hanani Mishal Vazarya, Gamarim Sachem, Ilmali Nagdua. Right? It's easier to die in Kidisusan than to live in Kidisusan. I don't know, I usually don't compare. I hear, yeah, I don't know. We had an Americanic, we had a teacher who called us Americana Chocoladniks. <laughs> American kids who grew up on chocolate. <laughs> you have to have a certain humility, you know what I mean? Bitter sweet chocolate. Sweet chocolate, sweet sugar, milk, Swiss chocolate. Even on Pesach, in some homes. You could die from chocolate too, yeah. The fact is, right, the, 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 the fascinating thing is, in the recent years, more people have died from obesity than from starvation. That's unheard of in human history. Unheard of. Most people didn't make it after 45, 40, 50. And the reason is one of three things. War, conflict, violence, bloodshed, hunger, and disease. Infections, germs, bacteria, the black plague, other plagues, what are wiped out. Wiped out millions and millions and millions of people. People to live to 70... Was, was a chidush otzom. Starvation, plagues, diseases, illnesses, and, uh, and, and war, violence, bloodshed. Now, not to underestimate the violence that exists and people who die from terrorism, from terrorism, Rahman al-Islam, and not to underestimate third world countries where poverty and disease and illness and famine are a reality. And it's, it's a horrible, horrible tragedy. And humanity has to get together because this remains our greatest opportunity and our greatest privilege to confront these things. But we also can't underestimate the fact that 
you don't understand that for thousands of years, when people woke up in the morning, the first three thoughts were hunger, infectious diseases, and violence. And today, at least in a large part of the world, people wake up and they don't think about these three things. Not that nobody thinks about these three things. Unfortunately, many people do, especially people who are struck with personal great challenges and illness and so forth. Not to chas v'shalom underestimate any of this tremendous pain that so many people go through, including in this room. And never mind other forms of pain, including other forms of pain that we often address. But one also has to be able to understand the tremendous uh, evolution of history to, uh, to such a space. So each generation has its own types of, of, of concealments, of its nisyoinus. Today, for example, one of the hardest people for, one of the hardest things for people is happiness, serenity. To be able to live a joyous, calm, wholesome, inspired life. Marriages, marriages, relationships with children. These look like small things. 50 years ago, nobody had even, 100 years, nobody had time to think about this. You ask somebody, well, what do you feel about your mother? What do I feel about my mother? If you had a mother, you were happy. You had a father also? Wow. We have the luxury to feel our emotions, to tap into emotions. We have the luxury to go to therapy. <laughs> Who had the luxury to do this? Yeah, time. Even time. The concept of time didn't exist. It was survival. Every moment was survival. Not always, not by everybody, but by a huge, huge percentage of the population. But there's different types of nisyayinus. There's physical nisyayinus, the spiritual nisyayinus, interpersonal nisyayinus. And the truth is, when somebody's going through a very difficult time, it's a little nechama to say, you know, you say they had it harder. It's true, you say they may have had it harder, but how does it help a person in the crisis? Okay, now here, in Abul Khanan, did I answer your question? Not really. Yeah. Huh? Okay. But we remember, we stand on the shoulders of our parents and grandparents. When you look at Jewish history... You never look at it as a detached reality. All the generations of Jews exist here in this room. We continue the conversation. Yeah? So he was describing that he'd give it a shear. He says, Rava enters into the room. Suddenly the Rambam appears. A thousand years later, but the Rambam appears. And then the Ravid comes to argue with him. And then the Beis Yosef, the Kesef Mishnah, comes to defend him. And everybody, it's, con- it's a continuous conversation. Yeah, I just remember Paul Bimbrough saying, whenever he went to out all the time, that's Haqaisha Medina. He lived in Poland, where the Aeneas, he said, the Aeneas, the Shmuel Bimbrough, the Mir Rosh Hashiva. Yeah, he used to tell me the Dachos of Yoga. Yeah, absolutely. And you would see the marriage, you'd say, Mohammed Alts, as Haqaisha Medina. <laughs> And I'm talking about his house looked like it was falling apart and he thought it was a right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He thought it was a right from the beginning. The champ what they had. They don't want I once took my son's class in yeshiva to uh, little kids a few hours away here. They have a neighborhood that they still can maintain from the early 1800s. Just to show it to them. So we went around. So you go, you see how they lived. They, like they left, they left it intact. Quite fascinating. So we went into a house. 
So the house basically is one room. The whole house is one room and an attic. An attic, you know, it gives perspective of what because Hamids looked like. Uh, we're learning Psachim now. You know, how, how people lived. And there was one bed. And the bed was designated for ten people. Ten people slept in the bed. They didn't sleep in the length of the bed. They slept in the width of the bed. And the fact that they were so tight together was very important for the winter. For the cold winter, the body heat of being smashed and, and squeezed, crushed together like sardines was actually very, very helpful in order to maintain the heat. So ten people went into the bed literally every single night. And this you could see. You could literally see. You know, you show them and they like, you know, when they're complaining back home about the extra lollipop, they didn't get it. You know, it gives perspective. It's always good to have perspective. On the other hand, as you used to say, there's the Nisoyen of Siberia and there's the Nisoyen of Suburbia. And the fact remains, the fact remains, and this is, a, this is maybe a sad fact, that Jews, the Nisoyenus of Siberia, meaning the Nisoyenus of poverty and persecution that came because of them being Jews, they actually withstood... Not always, but amazingly. I mean, we're here. All After all the persecution, we're here. The challenge of freedom, which allows for assimilation and integration, is often harder for many Jews to withstand. Right? Moshe says in the it would prove that for Jews, when they have simcha, v'tuv le'evav, and roif koil, it would often prove harder to maintain their identity. Because, tragically, persecution forces people to crystallize their identity and their priorities in ways that are unique. Freedom and prosperity allows people to surrender to sometimes the greatest enemy, which is lethal and silent, and that's called complacency complacency. You know, you just submit to complacency, which creates its own form of paralysis and stagnation. So, yesh v'yesh. Yesh v'yesh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the famous machlekas about Napoleon was this machlekas. Many of the G'dali Yisrael felt that Napoleon was the greatest thing that ever happened to the Jewish people in Gullus. For good reason. For good reason. The Tsar was, was a Russia Marusha. The persecutions were horrible. Napoleon was all about egalitarianism, fraternity, democracy, etc. The Balatanya was a yachid b'dayret to, to be opposed Napoleon. It was a chiddush gadol. It was hard to understand why he opposed Napoleon so much. He opposed him vehemently. Okay, so now, let's take this to the next to the next step and try to see more. Of, uh, of some of the messages that are being conveyed here. I think one way of, uh, of conveying at least one of the details that we could learn from this has to do with a... Uh, there's two points that I want to convey here. They're, they're, they seem paradoxical, but as we have learned, they're really the same thing. One has to do with the general approach to Nisioinus. And what I mean here by Nisoyinus is, just to give it a simple term, is painful challenges that people, have to, that people face. And again, 
I'm not in the business of comparing. You know, when somebody has a toothache, yeah? You ever had a real toothache for like two days? You could tell somebody whatever you want, but <laughs> they can't function. You know, when you're nauseous, maybe in the global sense, maybe global warming couldn't care less if you're nauseous or not. But this person is vomiting, you're sick in bed, it may not be a crisis, Baruch Hashem, you went to the doctor, the doctor said just go to sleep and drink, 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 and sleep, sleep, sleep. But for this person, this is a difficult moment. When we talk about sometimes bigger things in life, you know, the comparison business doesn't really help. Every person has to figure out their own life, and every person has the kaiches to figure out their own life. But all the types of challenges that people face, and this can of course be very many, whether it's a financial crisis, a financial difficulty, very serious financial difficulty, or even not a serious one, but it's a financial crisis. Somebody doesn't know how they're making a wedding or doesn't know how they're paying tuition, right? <laughs> or doesn't know how they're buying food for Shabbos or they can't buy new shoes for a child. That's a difficulty. It's a Nisayan. Some people live with this Nisayan for many years. Other people don't understand it. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, you know, you never had struggled a, a single month to pay your mortgage. Baruch Hashem, your father paid for it and his father paid for it. it. You don't even understand what it means. A person gets a bill and they don't know how to deal with it. You don't understand what it means. Thank God you don't understand what it means. This is on this side. You have issues that are connected to health. You have issues that are connected to mental health. And this is very serious stuff, mental health, because nobody sees it. It's all inside. And then you have issues still dealing with emotional pain. People who were traumatized, people who went through abuse... And again, it may not seem dramatic to other people, but their inner life may be shattered, as some of you know so well. Your inner life, every day to wake up, is a fight. And every day to wake up and smile and get out of bed and believe in yourself is another fight. It's a war. For somebody else, they don't even notice this. And they don't notice it on the person, what it means for this person to come to shul. But this is a serious nesayim. Somebody's marriage is falling apart. And they, for whatever reason, my fault, her fault, both fault, not neither fault. And then there's issues with children, and then there's issues with, 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 with loss, you know, death and grief in, in, a, in a family, Rahman al Islam. V'chuli, 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 I'm not here, I, the Gemara says, Atu kiroich lelezel v'lachshav, I'm not going to go here, enumerate every conceivable challenge. But there's the different types of pekalach. And... Uh, you disagree with me? Halavai. <laughs> it's amazing what you're saying. It's beautiful what you're saying. I don't know how amazing it is, but okay. It's beautiful what you're saying. It seems like there's, there's challenges that come upon us that are um, from, um, from, from outside, like a certain health challenge. Yeah. Challenges that we have inside. Like, yeah, you know, awesome. Hot to the moment, yes. So, like, like a challenge to live up to that, you know, yeah. to, to really do that yeah, that's all included. And then there's spiritual challenges. There's people who deal with horrible addictions. Some of us sitting in this room know very well, or listening, or people, and there's people who deal with horrible temptations. Every day, is this, other people don't know about them. Some people sitting in their office, going on a computer, or meeting people presents tremendous challenges. It depends on your mind and your disposition and your chemical makeup and your background. It's not poshut. We read about Yosef and Aisha, the wife of Petifar, yeah? There's people who have to deal with this. They deal with this. Their, their, their bodies are Baruch Hashem alive and well, and they deal with these types of serious challenges. 
Again, you look at somebody, you don't know what they go through. When you sit here in this room and you look at people, I'm always intrigued by the fact that nobody ever knows what is happening in anybody else's mind and heart, you know? What, what, everybody looks normal, or most of us at least, I don't want to say everybody, I don't mean to discriminate and insult everybody, but at least most of us try to appear pretty normal, okay? But uh, if you could just dig away a little bit, if you could just see, I mean, you know, the levels of, of insanity. <laughs> Again, I don't mean to insult anybody, but uh, it's just fascinating, right? The Gemara says, Nobody knows what's in anybody's ear. What if we would know? What if I could look around and you could look around, you know what, everybody is, what's happening inside. It would, it would be a difficult, a difficult world to inhabit. Though that means you would also know what your wife is thinking constantly. The other way around it actually is. She knows usually what you're thinking, but uh, that's why she's your wife. You would know what every, it's, that is what they're thinking about you. Bechlal, opening yourself up to, 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 to everybody's thoughts. So there's really, it's a very private world. It's a very, it's a very intimate Intimate world. Opening up creates a vulnerability, and also um, opening up also allows for the possibility of more growth. Of course. The Gemara says that a face for the shoes so so if a person has an intuitive, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. In the world of Musa, they always quoted Bishal Salante, who once saw a person who looked very, very depressed, and he said, "This is a classic Musa dikavart." He said, your face is a Rishus HaRabim. It was Shabbos. Your depression is a Rishus HaYachit. You're not allowed to carry from Rishus HaYachit into Rishus HaRabim. Shabbos. Your face is a private domain. It's a public domain. Your depression is a private domain. You're not allowed to transport from a private domain into a public domain. The one who started about Yoga also said that about how he could smile in the face of all difficulty. Yeah, the Chavis Halavavis says, the Chavis has a beautiful expression. Sometimes there's anxiety inside, but he doesn't necessarily share it, share it with the world. But that could be understood in two different ways. One as repression, which I don't think the Chavis Alavavis meant. And one is a different approach, not repression, but almost choosing what I want to do at this moment. Choosing a value, not as a result of repression. Now, with, when we talk about all of these, uh, all of these types of Nesiyanas, there's an expression, a very famous expression that everybody has heard, called Kabbalas Yisurim Ba'av. What does Kabbalas Yisurim Ba'av mean? It's based on a mission and a Gemara in the end of Masechus Brachas. Kabbalas Yisurim Ba'av literally means accepting Yisurim, which is Chayav uh, Yeah, accepting Yisurim pain, Ba'av with love. Very often, people make a mistake. I think people make a mistake in this area. Very often the way people understand it, and this is not Khalila judgment, this is just trying to explain and identify a characteristic that we see. Very often people, something happens in a person's life. Child gets sick. It's a serious nesayin. I don't mean they get a cold or an earache. 
that also <laughs> could cause a couple of headaches, but not to compare to a more serious headache. So they may come to somebody, a teacher, a mentor, a rabbi, or of, or themselves, or read a sefer, and the person may say, this happened, it's really good, accept it ba'ava, accept it with love, just like if you won the lottery, or even if you didn't win the lottery, just like a regular thing that comes your way, that's not, that's not a negative thing, it's by divine providence, the Rebbe runs the world, he orchestrates the world, it must be good, and when a person could really believe this, and have a muna, and they go to shiurim, and there's telephone numbers, and telephone lines, and websites, and books, and svarim, and seminars, etc., if you could really believe this and cultivate this approach, so then what often will, should happen is you should be a happy person and your frustration is buried and your anxiety is gone and your worry is obliterated and any negative attitude is gone. You're back to a simcha sachayim, to a joy of life because Kabbalah Yisurim Ba'ava means you accept the Yisurim with love, meaning you look at it, Chayev Adam Lavarech Alarak Shemarech Alatoiva you thank Hashem for bad like you thank for good so now I should feel good I've met quite many people who have shared this and shared the guilt over the fact that this never worked for them they feel broken they often surrender to tears they often feel angry frustrated they want to punch walls and a few people they want to punch tires. They sometimes feel like they're completely disintegrate. They look at the world and they see an abyss. They see a never-ending tahoyim. So the person says to himself, obviously I'm not a real Yid. Obviously I'm not a real Jew. Obviously I don't have real amuna. Obviously there's something missing in me. And the person gets broken not only from the challenge but from how they're dealing with the challenge. And sometimes, listen to me, this challenges them more than the challenge. The challenge, they know what to do. <laughs> There's people to go to this, this internal guilt of why do I feel this way? Sometimes breaks people, or at least disorients people, in very, very profound ways. And when the person is feeling all this pain, and this person is looking at their life and saying, how did this happen? How did this happen to me? How was my life shattered? A fellow came, uh, called me up, he's emergency, he has to see me. So he comes in, a fine person, he made some mistakes, and he destroyed his whole life with those mistakes. Lost his family, Mamash destroyed his life. An intelligent person, he suffered, he himself was abused, was not dealt with, he went into addiction, and he made some horrible, horrible mistakes. And he never told it to anybody. He opened up the first time to me in my dining room after 25 years. Well, he's in his, he, was, he was in his early 30s, so he opened up after 30-some years, but a story that happened 25 years ago. And he just broke down weeping. He says, how did this happen to me? How did this happen to me? Now, somebody comes and says... You have to be makabal yisurim ba'ava. Everything is ba'ashgacha. Everything is ba'muna. Hashem is good. Chayvad and levarich There's many mamarich hazal. You don't ask questions, etc., etc. 
Moshe Rabbeinu asked, and Hashem said, Chaval al da'avdim v'la meshtagchim, learn from the others, lehiru acharim idoisai, we don't think about these things, you have to be able to say that it's good, and you have to be able to accept it. And the person says, I'm so in pain, what does it mean? It means that my Judaism, my relationship with God is really, really flawed. It means not only am I going through a terrible challenge, but I'm also such a horrible person of how I'm responding. And maybe that's why I'm punished with this challenge, because I'm such a horrible Jew. Maybe that itself, which makes him even more guilty, because he's guilty now for the challenge also, which makes him even more broken, which makes him even more broken than he's broken. And the internal turmoil that people go through, not only are they dealing with a serious challenge, they're now dealing with a double challenge, and sometimes a triple one and a quadrupled one. But this is often, I can't say always, but this is often a mistake. And I'll tell you why it's a mistake. There's a youth I know from Eretzisrael, well, he's in Toronto, Reb Moshe Shapiro Zechreinu Levracha, also the big Bali Machshav in the literature world. He passed away uh, some two years ago or so. I think this time, Asari Batevis time. So there was a Jew who came to him. He was sitting, there was a shmuz, so he was schmoozing, giving a shir. And somebody said, spoke about an experience that he's going through, and the turmoil, the anxiety that he has from it, the difficulty. And he told him a simple thing, but it's not so simple, it's profound. He said, so right now, the Rebbeinah Shalolam wants you to feel this type of emotion of pain. So right now, Hashem wants you to feel this type of emotion of pain. What we forget is that the pain that comes with a challenge also comes from God. So a person is trying to run away from their pain as though it doesn't exist. Because I'm a Kabbal Yisurim, so there's no pain. There were Jews in history who saw no pain. To put it in the Lashon of the Maimer, pre-Eloikim, pre-Tzimtzum. They didn't see any pain. They just saw God everywhere. The example was Rebzusha of Anapoli. Rebzusha of Anipali was a student of the Maggit. When the Balatanya wrote to Tanya, he wanted two askamas. So one of them he took from Rebzusha. His yard said was just now based Shvader, Rebbe Rebzusha. He was a Kaddish alien. He had nothing. His poverty was beyond even the levels of poverty in Eastern Europe. He lived in Ukraine, Anipali. He's buried in Anipali near the Maggit in the Ukraine. So the Bzusha once was visited by a fellow. What happened? This fellow came to the Magad of Mizrich and he says he needs an Eitzah for Kabbalah Yisurim Ba'ava. <laughs> he needs advice. How to deal, how to maintain serenity with all the challenges of life. So he says, Gates to the Bzusha. Go to the Bzusha. So he goes to the Bzusha. He stays there for a few days. The Bzusha says, how can I help you? So he tells him why he's there. He says, you must have heard the wrong name. I don't think the Magad sent you to me. So he says, no, no, he said, he says, you probably didn't hear what he said, go back and ask him. He says, how are you so sure it's not you? He says, you got the wrong guy, I never had a bad day in my life. <laughs> I'm not the expert to tell you how to deal with challenges, I never had a bad day in my life. Yeah. They say that the Belzerov, Reb Aaron, that's what they say, you know, he went through Shiva Madurigahana. 
he lost every member of his family. There was not a member of his family left besides a brother who ultimately had a son who was the present Belzer Ebershlit. But uh, the Baron Belzi was a Kaddish And they say that after he went through, somebody came to him, one of his chassidim. He came to Eretz and he was devastated beyond. Five children murdered and all the Inuklach, etc. A whole family and a whole chassidus, a whole empire, just almost completely destroyed. And somebody offered uh, empathy and condolences, you know, for all the, the hardship, you know, that, that he went through. And he says, he looks at him, he says, Echenishgahat ken shlechten tog in my lab. Was he living in Mars? Where did he He went through the, the Holocaust. A Jew, what do mean? The pshat is, there are certain Jews, there are certain Jews for whom life means a relationship with God. That is life. And that relationship never ceased. Sometimes the relationship is experienced in this way, and sometimes it's experienced in this way. That is life. Kitoiv chazdecham echayim davra melechsas. Having a relationship with you, that is life. So I have always a great life. There is such a b'china. There is such a b'china. I told you this story many times with the bucket. Also with Reb Zusha, The same idea. You remember the story? Huh? No, the toilet. The toilet. Yeah, they started to dance. He said, not davening is also a relationship. The famous story, not davening is also a relationship. Also the same. Sometimes God wants you to daven. Sometimes he wants you not to daven. Who decides what davening is? Who decides what's the definition of life? This is called a good life. This is called a bad life. Why is it called a bad life? <laughs> Some people call it a bad life. God doesn't call it a bad life. You're with God. But how many people do you know like this? Hishtavos. Shivisi Hashem lenegdi samet. The Baal Tov said Shivisi comes from the word Hishtavos. Hashem lenegdi samet. Everything is Beshava. The Rambam says it in Perish HaMeshnayis. Everything is Beshava. The Rambam even gives, tells you a story, a Jew in a ship, and somebody urinated on him. And for him it was outsane, like anything else. The Rambam in Perisha Mishnayis. Now here's the issue. We learn, we learn this. And these are Dvarim Amitim. This is Teres Emes. But here is where a person has to be able to learn real Emes and not repress the truth that God gave him because he wants a relationship with truth. Because when you're dealing with a person who is suffering, you could say, well, you decided that life means this and this, and now you're calling it suffering and pain. Why is it pain? The relationship is the same. There is a Jew who experienced that. There's a Jew who does not experience it, at least not now. Will he experience it one day? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe not. For him to say, what does it mean to have a relationship with Hashem? I don't feel pain. I'm all smiles. Everything is perfect. (laughs) Impeccable, flawless. And if I'm feeling it, it means I'm a bad Jew. That's not true. That's a sheker. That's not true. The same God who you want to find in the pain, in the challenge, the same God you say, Hashem wanted this to happen for whatever reason, the same God is also in the emotion that comes from what happened. 
That's also that's also divine. By escaping from my pain and denying it, I'm escaping from a truth. I'm escaping from something that has within it the divine too. The fact that I'm feeling this way, whatever I'm feeling, I can't judge it. Whatever I'm feeling, I have to be able to respect. I have to be able to look at it. I have to be able to embrace it. I have to be able to give it space. Validate it. I have to be able to validate it. The religious the religious perspective is not about invalidating emotions because they're primitive and stupid and heretical and idiotic and only come because you're a lowlife and you surrender. If you would read more Chavis Alavavis and you would go to more Shiurim and you would, you would read more books on Betachen and you would uh, be like Shalmar de Cherubashkin, Aleph Beis Gimel, Aleph Beis Gimel, and Munet Betachen Gula, if I could just be like him. Yeah, when he was sitting with me like Boimer, he, I said, you want to tell us about prison? So he says, when I was sitting in a place that some people call prison, <laughs> I said, why don't you say when I was in prison? He said, I wasn't in prison. I was in a place that some people call prison. <laughs> he, didn't, he said, I wasn't in prison. Some people call it prison. He said, I was with the Rebbeinah Shalom. Why is that prison? Being with God is a prison? It's the best place in the world. It happens to be that Seir Chitzayini by some people was prison. You could learn from it. You could learn a lot from it. But a person is having now an emotion. Don't dismiss that emotion and you'll say, I only find God in moments of absolute serenity. Why do you only find God in moments of absolute serenity? Moshe Rabbeinu broke the luchas. Moshe broke the luchas. What does the Gemara say in Baba Basadaf Yudalit? Luchas v'shivre luchas monachem barim. In the Ark in the Holy of Holies, you had the Luchas and you had the broken Luchas. Why? The same Kedusha that was created in Kedush HaKadoshim from the Luchas were created by the Shivri Luchas. Without the Shivri Luchas, there's something missing in Kedush HaKadoshim. Right now, the Kedusha is in the broken pieces of the Luchas. There is Kedusha in the whole Luchas. But when the Jews went through the crisis of the Golden Calf, Moshe had to show them that you could find God also in Shivrei Luchas. And what does Hashem say? Thank you for breaking the Luchas. You don't have to run away from it. You don't have to amputate a part of yourself in your relationship with yourself. You don't have to dismiss any part and, and reject it and invalidate it and, and therefore repress it and crush it and force it not to be there. Because when you force something not to be there and it's really there, you know what happens. It remains there and it comes back to haunt you in much more powerful ways. Can we extend this to temptation? Was it the problems that we have also? Temptation too. Worse, you know, worse than, the worst thing with, one of the worst things when it comes to temptation is making believe I don't have temptations. I've been a chayach to them. I'm a good Jew. You know how many people make this mistake? I'm a good Jew. I don't have temptations. The Kotzke Rebbe said, I'm a brechta taiva, vert von ein taiva zwei. When you break a taiva, one became two. This Kotzke Rebbe didn't know that in hundreds of swarm we speak about shviras hataivas. The Kotzke Rebbe didn't know that. I know it and he didn't know it. 
there's breaking and there's breaking. <laughs> you have to break with love. I told you once a Maisa with the Tzemach Tzedek about the Alter Rebbe with the Brech and you know the Maisa. Ah? Moira Dika Maisa. Ah? Somebody gave the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, a gift. A, a silver. He also had a lot of poverty. He is very poor. His shver threw him out of the house and wanted his wife's divorce. He married a very rich girl. Rebuda Leib Segel from Minsk. But then when the shver found out, he goes to the Magad and he belongs to the Kat of Chassidim, that was it. He wanted his wife to divorce him. She didn't. But he suffered terribly financially. So, uh... <laughs> This is a reminder of the other, of the other, the other dimension. It's not luchas, not shivri luchas. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So somebody bought the Balatanya a, a silver, real silver a pushkala, a, a a snuff box, box, a snuff box, shmek tabak to smell tobacco. So he looked at it and he said, "There's one, there's one aver, there's one limb in the body." That the Rebbeinah Shalom did not make a baltaiva. It doesn't experience a lot of temptation, and that's the nose. Yeah, you never heard somebody come to Shul and say, "Last night did I sin with my nose?" Yeah, with your mouth, with your ears, with your eyes, with other parts of the body that I won't elaborate on. A person could sin nicely, but with the nose, what's case to shenton? What's good shmeck? You'll smell Domino pizza on Pesach. I mean, what's case to shmeck? Hagam, that once I said this over, and somebody said, Rabbi, why, well, you don't know what you're talking about. But fine. Okay. So he said, There's a whole B'nai Yisoschar, why we smell P'somim at Tzor Shabbos. Because in the Eitz Hadas, Chava experienced the Eitz Hadas with four senses. She saw the fruit, right? She saw the fruit. It says it was Nechmad Lamara. She saw it. She listened to the snake, she touched it, vatikach, and vatoichal. She tasted it. doesn't say she smelled it. So the Bnei Soscha writes that the sense of smell remained pure like pre-Eitzadas. It's, it's not so corrupted. And that's why Metzoy Shabbos, when you're going from the holiness into the mundaneness, we do it through smell. That's what Bnei Soscha writes. A very beautiful part. So the nose is not so... It doesn't lend itself to so much politics. <laughs> And corruption. Probably, if you try, you could figure figure stuff out with the various perfumes. But uh, but you have to try harder. At least in Liazhna and Belarus, it was not. Uh, it's before, uh, huh? Yeah, before Esti Lauder's days. So uh, so uh, so he said, "There's one Ava that's not about Taiva. Megatus unstop and Eich Taiva." So the person telling over the story to the Tzamech Tzedek, to the grandson, said, so your Zayda took the cover, which was made of silver, he broke it off the box, and he used it for his tefillin, Shalraish, to be able to make sure it's in the right place, Beinenach. So the Tzamech Tzedek interrupted this person, and he says, the Zayda is nicht given shayich zu brechen, nicht zich, und nicht jenem, und afuller nicht adoimem. My Zayda wasn't capable of breaking. Not himself, not others, and not even a doimim, not even a box, an inanimate box. Elamai, so given a chut ha-mekasher. At haraiz genom the chut ha-mekasher is a snifrit gevara. There was a hinge. The hinge connected the lid to the box. He took out the hinge. He took out the, 
the pin. So it's got separate use it for tefillah. That's the mice. <laughs> what did the Tzimach Tzedek want? The poor man is telling a story. He wanted to bring out a point. What, what are you now? He said he broke off the box. But there's a very profound idea. The profound idea is, what's tefillin? <laughs> this is how the Rebbe explained the story. What's tefillin? <laughs> tefillin is shibud haleva hamayach. When you put on tefillin, it says in Shulchan Aruch, you have to have kavana to dedicate your mind and heart, to subjugate, shibud alev, the lev and the mayach. You would think how you meshabah the lev and the mayach, through breaking. You have to break yourself. You have to break. So the tefillin shoraish comes through shvir. Zabak said, no. The zayd is nishkaven shayach tzabrechim. It's not about breaking. Not himself, because people who break themselves break other people. People who delegitimize their own emotions will delegitimize everybody else's emotions. If you don't know how to deal with your own anxiety and emotions, you don't let anybody have them, because theirs scare you. They trigger you in very, very scary ways. If I never made peace with my variety of emotions, if you, my spouse or my child or my friend or my colleague or somebody else starts sharing volatile emotions, I'm like, oh my God, we don't go there. For me, this is Gehenna. I have to run away and either argue with you and prove to you that you really don't have these emotions. And because I learned Gemara my whole life, plus Toysfus Emar Ramshif and Rajban Ran and Reb Chaim and Berch Shmuel and Reb too, so I could prove my wife to my wife that she thinks she has the emotion, but really she doesn't. Good luck. Good luck. And that's what people do for 10, 20 years in their marriage until they come to the right person. Because you never made space for your own. What is this in Avodah Hashem? That's what the Kotzke Rebbe says. You break a taiva from one you made to. What says from one you made to? There's two ways of breaking a taiva. One way of breaking a taiva is with compassion. Compassion means you validate it. You even appreciate it and respect it. And then you could put it in its place. Yes. Part of my journey in life, the Mori Renayim, Habolatame Poischenloi, Parshas Vayishlach, we learned. Do you remember? Habolatame Poischenloi. Yes, temptation is part of my journey. This is, this is it. I don't have to run. God is here too. God is not only in, 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 in heaven. Allah mitachas, Hashem The Marshal is also the Nimshal. The Levush is also divine. The Nisayan's outer garment is also divine. Verstehst? And then you could reach the Havaya and the Elikim. Paradoxically, if you delegitimize the Marshal, you'll never get to the Nimshal. If you delegitimize Elikim, you also won't get to Havaya, because Havaya is an Elikim. Then you can go to the next level. <laughs> then there's the next level. Then there's the next level. The oil is what I'm saying. Huh? He, he doesn't mention the intermediate. The, 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 the mimer just talked about the, the Tveikus aspect. We need a muscle together. When he talked about dealing with any son, he talks about going to the Tveikus aspect. He didn't. I don't think he mentioned what we. But the, that's the but that, but that's the, the that's the ultimate. When you learn the whole discussion, let's go back to the Talmud. What does this? How does the student get to the original oyer? 
Does the student say, I don't know what the teacher said, Mashalim, I'm not into Mashalim, I'm not into stories, I'm not into Tzimtzumim. Tell me what you really have to say. What does the Talmud end up with? Garnished. For 40 years, he deals with Mashalim, but he unravels. That's the Chiddush of Hashem Elikim. Chiddush of Elikim is not only that there's no Elikim, the Chiddush is that Elikim is also Avaya. Avaya Elikim doesn't, so there's no Elikim, that's not what we're saying. So when, let's now be very practical, when I'm experiencing an emotion, you speak about a temptation, or something that's distancing me from where I want to be, the the real advice is not, if you don't have it, you don't have it. If you did Ebed Abzush, I know, you're in a different, you don't see the world that way. Granted, there are neshamas that their elikim is much higher. They went through very little tzimtzum and fight. And if you're that neshama, you're that neshama. And it's truth. But when people start saying, Kabbalah is no pain. And what does it mean to be a good Jew? No temptation. No temptation. That's not true. What did the Gemara say? Moshcheyu lebeis hamedrash. Barasi yitzahara. Barasi loy toire tavlin. What's pshat toire tavlin? So Gemara says he's a maneuver. The yitzahara is a maneuver. Moshcheyu lebeis hamedrash. Take him to the beis hamedrash. What's pshat moshcheyu? So some people think you learn another blood Gemara. All temptations will fall away. Halavai. From my experience, <laughs> ain't happening. At least not for you. <laughs> Are there people who would be, sit in base madrash like that? Of course there are people. But you got to know if you're one of those people, and if you're not, by saying to yourself that you are, you'll have a bigger nefillah, not a smaller nefillah. Mashcheihu lebeis hamadrash. Ooh. Mashcheihu. Bring him in the base madrash. Don't fear your taiva. The taiva also has a place in base madrash. Why do you think God is so small? God could be found in your taiva too. Not by worshipping the taiva. By acknowledging it and saying, yes, this is what I am now going through. What's my avoidance now? Now you can actually subdue it. You can confront it. You could say no to it. Because you said yes, you could say no. If you don't acknowledge it, now you have a double pain. <laughs> now there's the pain of the fact that you're such a bad Jew that you're having these things. Plus the taiva. Plus... Because you repress it, it's probably going to come out in vicious ways, unconsciously. Because you didn't make space for it. It's there. It's just going to come out. It's going to trick you. Suddenly, in the middle of Shachas, in the middle of Shmanasah, boom! But if you get up to Davin and you acknowledge, yeah, this is, this is it. This, this is part of my avoidance. God is here. Now you can actually go to the next step. So there's two types of ways of breaking a tithe. There's breaking a tithe and it just becomes two. <laughs> You broke it, you made it bigger. Like the frog in Mitzrayim, you know? <laughs> Mamish like the frog. What is, what is he really looking for? The terrorist? Yeah. That's already, you have to know if you're there. <laughs> you have to know if you're there. Not everybody could look at Aisha's Poitifar and say, let me go to Yaakov Avinu. I'm not interested in Yaakov Avinu. I'm interested in Aisha's Poitifar. You understand? Yosef was interested in Yaakov Avinu, so he could go from, from Petifa to Yaakov, Muzdi Yaakov. I'm not interested in Yaakov Avinu, at least not now. I'm interested in Aisha's Petifa. And not Aisha's Petifa the way she's in Atsilas. I couldn't care less for her over there. If I care for her the way in Atsilas, I have Atsilas, is better than Aisha's Petifa. I care for Aisha's Petifa the way she's here. What happens now? Now you need Vayimoyin. So the Shinavirov writes, the Divri Echeskel writes, the son of the Tzanza, Vayimoyin has a Shalshelis. 
So he said, Why shall Shalas Val Yosef Nay, nay, nay. And of course he said it in Yiddish to Aishas Patifar. It wouldn't sound good in any other language. I don't think he said nyet, 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 maybe. Or no, 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 a loy, loy, loy. Nay, nay, nay. He had to, the Shinavirov says, nay, nay, nay. Why you mind? Then we go to the next step, which will Bezer Hashem continue to explore. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.